Welcome to One Time on the Internet, your travel guide to internet history. Hi, everyone. Welcome to One Time on the Internet. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Today is just going to be one of those days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, it's been cool. that way. It's going to continue to be that way. <laughs> it stays that way. Uh, tech has decided it is not our friend today. Yes. And that's okay. Whoever We've still got started the mummy's curse, put it back, please. <laughs> I Thank think, you. I think the thing about the mummy's curse is you can't put it back. Like, that's what I learned from those movies. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they were accurate, period-wise, but um, it does seem like computers are not good for you. No, the mummy, yeah, the mummy movies right. were ripped from 19, 1919's headlines, so mm-hmm. that's correct. Hey, wait a minute. That's not Harry. <laughs> what are you talking Jesus. about? That is Harry. <laughs> I, I, wait, I see Harry. Sage, what do you see? Who, who do you hear? Oh, it's creepy pasta. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, we got a clip of this. <laughs> no, no. Yes. I, I wish you wouldn't. It's all good. Hey, Look, everyone. we're just vibing with chat. Chat likes us. We're vibing. Um, so Harry is off being a fancy boy today in a fancy suit. Um, I think marrying people. I don't know. How many people is he marrying? Like the legal he's, number? They're not getting like married of... to him. He's marrying other people okay. to each other. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> I mean, he could be officiating a wedding for like 100 people, like Guy Fieri. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could be marrying 100 people depending <laughs> on where he's living. We don't yuck anybody's yums here. So can you tell the listeners who can't see your face and maybe aren't familiar with your work, not Harry, who you are? Yeah, hi, my name's Anthony Carboni. Uh, I host a bunch of things. Uh, I'm on the Pixel Circus channel Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday mornings with Sage doing It's Too Early, which is our internet news show. And I stream on my own channel, which is uh, Anthony Carboni. And I do a bunch of uh, other stuff, too. He's on this channel a lot. Mm-hmm. I think you're you're competing for on this channel the second most after me. Damn. <laughs> He spends a lot of time here. Also, uh, he's he's also Chirp Birmingham on Failed Safe, which is our other uh, podcast and oh, true. Friday night D&D show. Uh, can I just point out that Rababa in chat said Harry was injured in a terrible normalization accident, so we found an Anthony in his stead. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh-oh. We finally normalized Harry so much that he's not on the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we get for trying. That's perfectly fair. Let's go around and introduce who else is here. Oh, yeah. Me. Hi, Bijan. I'm on this channel once a week right here. You're watching me live right now. Um, I uh, stream on Twitch. I uh, um, I uh, do another podcast. I don't know. It's been a long weekend. I did some (laughs) mushrooms. I'm like, not today. Sorry. Yesterday. Um, But yeah, you can find me online. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, that one, intro no, okay, is no one was going ready for down that. in the annals of history. <laughs> Honestly, though, for Bijan, that was pretty tame. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, I guess we're introducing based on how often we're here. Hi, I'm Sage Ryan. I go by Not Sage everywhere on the internet. I'm a streamer, host, and uh, one of the people behind the Pixel Circus channel, and I'm here a lot, most days. If there is content on this channel, I'm probably around. Uh, and I stream on my channel as well, playing games and stuff. 
And then because we broke the order, it goes straight to Rowan. Oh, oh, hi, it's me. Hi, I'm Rowan. I am everywhere on the internet as the Rowan Hall, and I am also one of the co-hosts of the Willing and Fable podcast, where we talk about myths and legends, and I am on this channel a fair amount as well, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) I spend some time here, too. A perfectly fair amount. (laughs) Everybody is here in exactly a fair amount, okay? Yes. A medium amount of content. So be cool, everybody. Be cool. It's perfectly fair how much we're here. I want rabid fans. I want people to be like, I don't know. I I don't know. Actually, you know what? I take it back. That's like a monkey's paw sort of thing. I take that all the way back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate you taking that all the way back. No, no, no. No monkey's paw here. We all read that story in middle school. Hard no. (laughs) Ideally, we do avoid. And today, our topic is fan creations. And I feel like when we were preparing for this, we had like written this topic a while back. We got a little ahead for a while on this show. Um, And then when it came down to actually picking out stories, we were like, that's a very broad topic. Well, that's what I love about it, though, is is this can definitely be volume one, you know? Mm-hmm. There are so, okay. There's true. so many great fandoms and fan communities on the internet making so much weird and wonderful stuff that it's always something you can go back to. Yeah. It's an infinite well of suffering and um, joy. <laughs> I like it. We were talking backstage about the yucking of the yum. I think we may have even talked about it when we came on as each other, but fandoms, talking about fandoms, uh, while they can be negative, I think usually it's just, there's a lot of excitement going on. It starts in a positive place. Whether it ends up there remains to be seen, I think, but it's usually born of enthusiasm. Yes. Absolutely. And because Rowan and I um, are are the bummer story today, <laughs> we um, we're gonna go second. We like to make sure that we start at a high point and then we bring it on down. Um, we want you to so leave less happy than you came in. But more exactly. satisfied, more full of story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Something that you can repeat to your friends is a fun fact later. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to fucking take it away. Let's do it. Uh, hold on. I have, I have to turn on my, uh, my, my original soundtrack back here just for me. Yeah. Y'all are not going to be able to hear this, but Bijan has decided that he is going to have a soundtrack that only he can hear. It's for an the energy. Of this it's an energy. It's a choice. Um, oh, it's so good. Okay, I, I can post it in the chat uh, so, so y'all can listen to it too. <laughs> no, not you, yet. Don't give it away want, yet. But I'm not going to give it away yet. Okay. <clears throat> One time on the internet, a hacker supergroup called Arcane Kids leaked a bunch of lost Sonic games for the Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> In their 2015 press release, Arcane Kids said they had unearthed a Dreamcast developer kit from eBay, and deep in the file system, they, quote, unearthed a note from the director of MJ Studio, a message in a bottle detailing the work of Sega's top-secret studio, which was re-envisioning the future of video gaming. There were four games. Quote, Sega squandered MJ Studio's gift to the world, wrote the hackers and dissed Sonic fans globally by burying these games. The hackers published their findings at hedgehog.exposed, where anyone could download what they were calling the Sonic Dreams Collection. Except MJ Studio never existed. There were no hackers. The games that the Arcane Kids claimed to have found in a hack were actually mini-games of their own creation. And the Sonic's Dream Collection is one of the darkest and horniest pieces of fan work in video game history. That's a big 
big phrase. Like darkest and horniest See, I, is yeah. a hard I title to take. It, I qualified it by re- saying recent video game history. Yeah. No, it's of all time. Yeah, it might be an all time. It's I of think all it is. time. <laughs> and because it is one of the darkest and horniest things in video game history, it is tailor made for the Sonic fandom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Could you tell me why the Sonic fandom is so horny? Like, is there no yeah, one? What's can. up with that? Is it? I like, is there a furry overlap? I think if you were to yes. draw the Venn diagram, yeah. Well, there's a lot going on, right? There's a lot going. on. It's like we don't have time to explain the Sonic fandom on the show. Maybe if we dedicated like two episodes, if, we could maybe do it. If I could, if I could boil it down to what I think it is, it is that Sonic is kind of like an edgy, cool, over-the-top sort of character. And so you tend to find him very cool when you're, like, in the age of, like, 12 to 16 when you are at your horniest. Uh, okay. And then... <laughs> Bold claim there, Mr. Carboni. It is the, you know, it is the hormonal, I don't understand what's going on, horniest time of your life, right? And so, like, what is going on? What are these feelings? How do I express them? Can I express them by creating an original character that's me but a sexy hedgehog? I'm so right? glad we started with the boys story yeah. this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, haven't just... you ever had that thought of, oh my God, I'm so horny. I wonder if I can create an original character that's me but a sexy hedgehog. You all remember that you high school You all remember phase. that. We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. Look, well, if you haven't wondered what you'd look like as a sexy hedgehog, you're not alive. Yeah. Well, it becomes a thing of it's it's just like any other sort of predominantly teen community online where it is about anonymity allowing you to share your opinions and feelings uh, freely without like fear of repercussion. Right. Right. Um, And so you create a, a sonic OC for yourself and you tweet as that you go on message boards as that you create little you create relationships. Maybe you write fanfic. Maybe you look up porn of Rouge the Bat. I don't know. <laughs> I do want to. I do want to <laughs> slam back, smash cut back to the script, which says yeah. Rule Thirty Four is an axiom of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not familiar, here's its simplest formulation: "Quote, there is porn of it, where it means anything you can think of. If there's not, the rule implies that you, the person who stumbled upon this lack of smut, rectify the situation." Post haste, etc. Anyway, you can take it away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and look, there's a lot of horny, horny Sonic fan art. There's a lot of horny Sonic fan art, but there's a lot of other Sonic fan art too. You know, there is a uh, there is a community of extremely Christian Sonic fan art and Christian Sonic memes. Like, please behave appropriately in my Christian Sonic meme server. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, this Here, is just. I, I can post a couple in the chat. Yeah, please do. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting because like, of course the horniest, weirdest stuff from the fandom rises to the top because it's the most attention getting, but there is a huge, huge, huge Sonic fandom online. Um, to the point where if you cannot create your own Sonic OC, you can just Google your name plus Sonic and you will get your Sonic OC. There will be fan art that pops up of somebody with your name who has created a Sonic the Hedgehog character. Everybody in chat can do it right now. It's a fun exercise. I would like to see it. I mean, yeah, honestly. I'd like to. Sorry, what are we looking at? Uh, you Sonic just put OCs? Our name your first and- name, your first name, and then Sonic OC. 
gonna tell you right now, I don't think my name's gonna have one. Yeah, mine oh, doesn't no. either, but. No, no, because I got one. <laughs> okay, I just have to spell my name wrong and then I get one. Do you, yeah. Do you enjoy it? What, Rowan, does what, it, does what it reflect is the you? enjoyment? Do you feel like it reflects you as a person? Oh my God, there is a person named Rowan Delaney who makes a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog stuff. Sure. <laughs> Did you turn your safe search off? <laughs> you should. <laughs> Uh, is this when I is this when I tell you that there's a, a very important developmental protein or sorry developmental uh, gene in your body called Sonic Hedgehog that uh, has to do with how your limbs form? Yeah, yeah. They named it after the fucking Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> there's a lot of Sonic fandom across your genes are fan fiction. All the corners of the world, and it is a beautiful, mixed up, and wonderful place. You know, like in addition to that, there is a Sonic fan game community that is incredibly huge. And uh, if you go to, there's a competition called Sage, the Sonic Amateur Game Expo, where once a year, people show off. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's named, sue them. Sue them, Sage. All right. Get them. I'm I'm contacting my lawyer right Uh, now. The Sonic Amateur Games Expo, where people show off Sonic fan games that they've been working on for years. And this is kind of why the Sonic Dreams collection is interesting. Because the Sonic community, part of the Sonic community is so intensely into Sonic the Hedgehog because they feel that Sonic the Hedgehog has been misused, mistreated, and basically just not living up to his potential under Sega. I think that's true. Yeah. And that 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 energy really comes through when you look at like the number of fan games there are. Um, if you just if you look up Sage S A G E Sonic and you go to the site, you'll see like just tons and tons of fan made games in all states of progress, uh, and it's like really clear how much people like love the property. Um, and I think you know it's like it's it's one of the interesting and fun things about fandom that you know like fans are so fervently in love with the thing the the properties that they love that they sort of hold on to stuff. Um, and also you know th- this energy around. Sonic is like not weird when you consider how long it's been around. Like Sonic has been around for a good while. Um, I would love to know why Sonic beat out like Donkey Kong or any of the other critter superheroes. Donkey Kong. I mean, (laughs) Donkey Kong. Sorry. Donkey Kong's in a big is a big monkey in a tie. That's not cool. Sonic is cool. He wears sneakers okay, and he eats Donkey chili Kong's, dogs. Donkey Kong is cool. Sonic is uh, no, 90s but that's fair. Cool. Donkey Kong he would does, never wear sneakers. He does power right. poses. He does. He loves his fucking rings too. He's a oh. straight up capitalist. Rings and chili dogs all the way yeah. down. But yeah, he's, like, he's an edgy skinny boy. Yeah, the internet loves an edgy skinny boy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I will say like as far as fan games go, like the Sonic stuff is like not out of the ordinary for fan like creations. Like for example, a lot of them are like a lot of them are love letters to the property, right? Like Black Mesa uh, and Left 4 Dead 2's like most recent campaign were both sanctioned officially by Valve as like this is canon, and they were made by fans, um, which is really cool because the, I didn't play Black Mesa, but the Left 4 Dead 2 like last final campaign is real good. It's very yeah. fun. Um, but other games are less about love mm-hmm. and more about freaking your bean. Um, and I will say the Sonic Dreams collection is one of those beans that has been freaked. So wait, <laughs> when people downloaded this 
archive that contained these lost Sonic the Hedgehog games. Uh, it was a collection of four games. And the first one you saw was a character creator. This was supposedly mm. four games that were unfinished experiments, right? And they were all listed in a, in, a, in a menu and you could check them out. And the first one was a Sonic character creator. Beautiful. And this is when people started maybe thinking that this was less than official. Sean <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I both created original characters in this character mm -hmm. creator. Uh, because what happened was people would click on this character creator, which is the first game that's available to you. And the character creator was a little off. You could click on normal character creator things like head, face, arms, color. No, But you realize no, no. that no, you no. had no control over these things. And if okay. you click limbs, perhaps the limbs just go all over the place and you get one 30-foot arm and one tiny baby arm. Maybe your head is 18 <laughs> times too big for your body. <laughs> So this I'm showing is going Anthony's in right such now on the live better screen. place than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> oh, oh don't not, worry. It's not going to, though. Don't worry. Don't worry, <laughs> no, no, we no. got you. It's not going to. Anthony, we're showing your OC yes, right now. Can Metal you it for Sonic, me? Metal Shadow Stormy the Hedgy. Now, uh, I will say I created this for Anthony because I am a loving friend and mm -hmm. collaborator. Now, you cannot, you also cannot name your Hedgy. The Hedgie's name, you have to click and it is randomly created for you. Because the idea is, <laughs> this is a character creation prototype that was never put into a game. But right. once you create your character, there are other games for you to play. <laughs> Three more. And they're very good. They're very good. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's interesting because like the game, the collection, uh, can we get a link to do this? Um, yes. Uh, if you go to hedgehog hedgehog.exposed and download the Sonic Dreams collection, you can have at it all you'd like. Um, because that website is still up. It's still up. It's still but available yeah. to you. Excellent. Yeah, it's great. Um, so <laughs> uh it's it's really yeah, it's funny because like the games are listed in the order that they came out with their own sort of like backstory and lore. Mm -hmm. Um and so the Sonic uh character creator was uh it came out in 1996 allegedly hold on let me find the exact lore here yeah i think you're gonna so like it this was <clears throat> this was apparently sega trying to figure out what to do with sonic the hedgehog all the way up to 1999 which was the release of the dreamcast right um so these are four years of experiments with the first one being and i believe 96 yes it was called make my sonic <laughs> uh and the lore is it was mj studio's first sonic game Studio apparently wanted it to be compatible with the defunct internet service SegaNet so that users could import their character into supported games. And SegaNet's important because it returns. The second game uh, was uh, created in 1997. It's called Eggman Origin, and it's supposed to be an MMORPG. Mm -hmm. uh, except when you log in, and there's like a there's a weird secret way to log in. Basically, you have to uh like either you Google it or you figure it out by like playing the other games. But basically you, you figure out a username. You have to dig in the file system, mm -hmm. find like the Sega net executable, uh, enter a username and passcode. Yeah. And then connect. And once you're connected to Sega net, you have to have a character created and then you can go into Eggman origin. Yeah. And you'll see, you see like a blasted white plane <laughs> and Dr. Eggman is just limbless on a pedestal. Uh, and uh, it, it, like it, it, 
like there are eggs with one eye, horrific. two legs. They tell you things that are nonsensical and you what? gather worms from yeah. the desert so, to feed Dr. Rowan, Robotnik. I see the look on your face and I want you to know <laughs> Eggman Origins is not available to you at first. When you try to log into it, it will tell yes. you, no, you don't have a SegaNet adapter. SegaNet doesn't exist anymore. And it forces you to click into the third game. Right. And right now you're still like potentially believing that this is real. It's messed up, but it's real. It's just a character creator. But the third game is called Sonic Movie Maker. And it was apparently created in 1998. And the whole idea is you are dropped into a scene with a video camera and you make a six second film of Sonic and his friends in different scenes. And they start <laughs> off, you can move them around. You can, you can, it's like any of those old movie maker projects that uh, you had in the night, like a Nickelodeon movie maker or a Spider-Man movie. Like a lot of those existed. Um, and the first one is, is a little weird. It's just Sonic and some friends in the backyard hanging out. Uh, but it's a little off. Like you notice that Tails is wearing a diaper for no reason. And you can put little quotes over the characters' heads and they say things like, I love my daddy. But who is the daddy if it's Sonic and Tails? And in order to unlock new scenes, you have to make a movie and then head to the exit. And when you get to the next scene, you find <laughs> that it is Sonic the Hedgehog's prom night. Why is and, the internet so cursed? <laughs> what is no, this that? is. Ge- I I just want to go ahead and say right here. I want to state for the record that I think the collection is genius, and I think it's like a beautiful art project. <laughs> it is brilliant. It is brilliant in so many ways. When you go to Sonic's prom night, uh, you find Shadow and I believe Rouge on the prom floor, just tumbling around with hearts coming off of them. And so you can do whatever you want with them. And at this point you're like, okay, I'm being I'm being screwed with. This isn't real. This cannot be real. But you move on anyway because now you're invested. And when you move on to the next scene, it's after prom night. And they're at the Notel Motel. No. Notel Motel. And, no. And this is when it becomes a game for only true A number one Sonic the Hedgehog fans. <laughs> so, uh, you go into the motel and you find that it is just a big after prom drunken orgy with all of your favorite Sonic characters, except for Love Tails, it. who got too drunk and passed out outside alone. <gasps> Did someone put him on his side? <laughs> or her? <laughs> the, the critter? I think canonically Tails is a boy, but yeah, canonically, canonically, I believe Tails is his name is Miles, but um, yeah, he's he's passed out, and there is a little thing that says like "I'm so lonely," and you can put it over his head. Um, it's very oh. cute. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's very cute. It's adorable, That's and it's Sonic, and it's official. And uh, <laughs> at this point, Sega you canceled it. At this point, that you realize it's getting harder and harder to find the camera that you need. And it's getting harder and harder to find the exit to each of these scenes. Like, you need to figure out puzzles to get through it. The next one, Sonic is strapped to a bed. And when you pull, when you pull the rope, food comes down 
and Sonic asks you to feed him. No. And Very good. You just keep feeding Sonic, and he just keeps getting bigger and bigger until you realize that you're in forced feed inflation porn of Sonic the Hedgehog. Is no! that a thing? Thumbs up. Thumbs up, soldier. You're on the internet now. Oh, no. <laughs> By the images you sent me, I wasn't ready for any of this. Now, for the next room, I believe we have a GIF, and this is we... um. <laughs> We move forward to Sonic and his big, big belly, and he's in the hospital. And our poor little man is in the hospital, and when you pull the rope, you realize he's he's in a, uh, he's, he's giving birth. And mm -hmm. through the window, you can see Sonic and Amy holding hands while Dr. Robotnik, the proud father, is smoking a cigar in the father's lounge because it's a 1950s hospital. And uh, you have to pull the lever to throw bowling balls down onto Sonic. And you watch him as he progressively gives birth to a ring, a chaos emerald, a chili dog, and then tails. Beautiful. I Beautiful. will never forgive you both. It's good. It's great stuff. This Look, is good. There's like another, there's another game. It's called My Roommate Sonic. Yeah. Let's go. Wait, Movie Maker, I will admit, goes to progressively darker and darker yeah. places from here. So let's move on to, to game number four. Yeah. Yeah. It's My Roommate Sonic. It's like a VR dating sim where your roommate is Sonic. You have to tell Sonic how you feel about them. Pretty wholesome, right? Yeah. Um. So the <laughs> you're sitting on a couch and you're just sitting on a couch watching then, a movie with Sonic. Right, and it's just—it's actually a hedgehog. You're just watching a video, like a—I a, guess—a looping video of a hedgehog. Sonic is having a great time. You get a text, and it says, "Have you told Sonic? Have you told your roommate how you feel about him?" Uh, and you have to like click yes or no. It doesn't matter. And then like Robotnik's like liar, and it zooms in to like like out the window to a skyscraper where one small window is open or like visible. And you can see him taking pictures and waving like a like a proud dad, actually. Yeah. Um, and then you like Robotnik directs you via text message to like woo Sonic. So the first thing you do is you tickle him. Obviously. Yeah, he says, give <laughs> give him the tickles. No, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> and, and once you do it right, Sonic does a spin dash <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> and a bunch of rings come flying out of him. Well, that's after you tickle his feet. Oh, okay. You have to take off his shoe and then you tickle his foot and rings fly out. Oh, the bet I love you pull Sonic's shoe off. Yeah. And he has a gigantic human foot. Yeah, it's real weird. And his toes curl when you tickle him. <laughs> I'm yeah. really trying to put on my like pretentious like Berkeley master's student hat and be like, well, maybe this is all about absurdism or something, but it's just, it's just, no, it's just weird and weird. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It is weird. And that's great. It's just letting people uh, let their freak flag fly you can a little do, bit. You can do whatever you want online, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so like after that, you like look deep into Sonic's eyes and then Robotnik's like, oh no, you went too far. And then you, your whole body gets like his eye merges, his two eyes merge into one eye and it sucks in your phone and then it sucks you in. Uh, and you're walking as like a headless person uh, and you transform into like a blue muscular Sonic. 
and you're just sprinting down like a facsimile of I think uh was it Green Hill Zone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is anyway. right back here. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. And so, you know, obviously as people went through this, it became you know, various people realized that this was uh, a project like an art project at various times. You know, most people right. caught on. Some people caught on during the character creator. Just about everybody caught on during uh, the movie maker, like immediately. Um, and if you're familiar with Arcane Kids, then you know that this is. Then you would know that this is what they do. Arcane Kids also created a uh, a video game for LACMA, where you're Bubsy the Bobcat running through a James Terrell exhibit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. They're like, yeah, they're like internet pranksters uh, who make pretty good video games. They're working on a, a game right now called Perfect Stride, which is like a skateboarding hangout game, mm -hmm. which imagines a post-apocalyptic world uh, where Tony Hawk had never landed that 900 and therefore never started corporate skateboarding culture, <laughs> uh, which gave birth to a time wizard somehow. Anyway, it sounds brilliant. It's not it's wonderful. Yet. But I, I would like to pause here for a minute to read some some reviews from some people about the Sonic Dreams collection. Yeah, please do. I think we have I think we have a little bit of time left. Yeah. <clears throat> Gavin Turpin from one years ago one year ago says, uh, quote, back in fifth grade, I was strangely attracted to this thing, particularly, quote, the Sonic Movie Maker game. So I got my fat ass out of the chair and successfully downloaded it. I ended up playing three out of the four games because I didn't have the technological savvy to figure out how to access the Eggman origin game at the time. Damn, I was a weird, damn, was I a weird younger child? Looking back, I probably remember this nightmarish gem as a life-changing experience, but that's only because that's the only thing I can describe it as. It's terrifying, but beautiful at the same time. And I'll admit I had fun basking in the strange glory of Sonic Dreams collection. Maybe one day I'll replay for old time's sake. That's lovely. Isn't that lovely? I mean, I would like to, I would like to play it now. It's yeah, very Turpin good. It's very good. And you, you know, when I spoke to, I spoke to the, so Ben and Russell are the two main members of Arcane Kids. And when I spoke to Ben about this game, part of the thing that the Sonic community has been screaming about for a long time is that there's no Sonic game that reflects <laughs> them. There's mm -hmm. no Sonic game that, that does what they want with Sonic the Hedgehog. And to me, when you look at such, like this large portion of the Sonic fandom, the Sonic Dreams collection is what they want from Sonic the Hedgehog. And Sega cannot give that to them. No. Sega cannot give them the sexy versions of these characters or the weird fetishy versions of these characters. But that's kind of the common denominator here. Right. Um, another review from Jace Bishop says, found this randomly when I was like seven. Well, my dirty-minded self decided to download this amazing abomination and adored it. Especially the motel one for some odd reason. Very, very disturbing. Do you have a Sonic fetish? If so, then this game is for you. One last thing. This game will scar you for life. I'm serious. It'll haunt your dreams. Kind of why it's called Sonic Dreams. That's not actually the reason. Have fun. Jace rated it five stars. <laughs> wow. Saying okay. it will haunt you and scar you for life. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're looking I mean, for. Like, well, I mean, think about it, right? Like how much, how much, how many things you could that you consume are just utterly forgettable? I would wager that the percentage is very high out of the, th you know what I mean? Like most things aren't great. And so like, even when things are bad, it's sort of interesting. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I don't know. I mean, I think uh, in 2015, I, there was a bunch, the Dreams Collection actually ended up on a bunch of year end best of mm -hmm. lists. Um, Killscreen's take was like, 
hold on, hold on. Uh, Sonic Dreams Collection oozes sleaze. It's a compilation of fecund and perverted fantasy, some sexual, some violent, some both. At the same time, creator Arcane Kids has a genuine propensity for the surreal. An homage, perhaps, to the worlds of DeviantArt and B, Sonic Dreams Collection never feels affected or deliberately made to shock. Whether laughing, wincing, or sitting there in total bafflement, with each new vignette, you fall deeper into its eyes. They rated that the 13th best game of 2015. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I think that's a thing that we can't get across as we're describing it. You really have to play it because it does seem to have a lot of respect for num- the aesthetics of Sonic, the characters, the relationships between the characters, and it it understands the fandom and it also genuinely understands horror and satire in yeah. a really brilliant way. Yeah. Um, and I, so I was, I was also like Googling around trying to see if they like arcane kids had done any interviews or whatever. I found only one. Um, I don't know what the date was when it, when it was done because the person who shared it didn't have a date stamp. Uh, anyway, hmm. but uh, the person who shared it was Asher Penn who, created and founded uh, Sex Magazine, which was an online culture magazine. I don't think it was about sex. Um, (laughs) And so, like, a few tidbits from that interview that are interesting. It's like, Arcane Kids is uh, a, quote, turbo-loose group of five people who work on games together. Uh, Their name comes from a a CDR they found on the ground. Uh, (laughs) And they, they, I mean, it's interesting because they list their inspirations as, like, Quake, Roller Coaster Tycoon, uh, bad games in Office Max bundles. Yeah. Like, these are kids who started out in Flash, like, modding Half-Life and Quake <laughs> and, like, making things yes. in RPG Maker and Game Maker. You know, it's like, I they also, yeah, it's it's just this really interesting sort of mishmash yeah. of influences. And they've also worked on huge, huge games at, like, Sony Santa Monica Studios. They were part of uh, the Edith Finch game. They were part of Journey. They were part of some really brilliant games that have really changed video games forever. Uh, Ben's latest game was Donut County, which is a really wonderful game if you haven't played it. That's all about sort of consumerist culture and growing up in Los Angeles. And it's utterly brilliant. And they just have a really deep understanding of the things that they make games about and what they want their themes to be. And Mm -hmm. it's... It really is something special. It really is. Anthony, can I can I read the manifesto on their website? Yes, please do. Uh, it's it looks like like a an old IM chat box. Um, and the manifesto is like it's like twelve different things. Uh, the first one is shut up about video games. The fastest way to the truth is a joke. Stop listening to advice. Start your own scene. Art isn't about giving people what they want. Do not call us punk. Communities need spaces to grow. Fuck formalism. Fuck puzzles. Play with structure. Bad is more interesting than good. The purpose of gameplay is to hide secrets. And then finally, make games you wish to see on the Dreamcast. I feel like Anthony wrote that. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it is like, really. I, have, like, these I do have are... it tattooed on my abs. Oh. Yeah. God, you got That abs? sounds exactly like something. Hell yeah. Anyway, I think the, the last thing I have here is just this like beautiful quote from the interview. Um, which was done over I am obviously, uh, probably Gchat. Uh, Lord Anime, who is uh, one of the people in the studio, says we never try to simulate the actual mechanics of things, just the emotions, mostly because it's easier. And then Lil Vertex says, "Yeah, you can get closer to it that way." I think this is a game that <laughs> understands how you feel about Sonic the Hedgehog 
and how scared you are about your feelings about Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I think that's all. That's all I got. Okay, before you like totally move on, we didn't get to look at Bijan's OC. Oh yeah, and please show I it. am fascinated by it. Could you describe it for me mm. and for the podcast listeners? Oh, oh yes, oh. this is Prego Jeff Kai the Hedgehog. <laughs> they are l- like lime green, uh, very small like arms, like very like short arms, <laughs> small hands, one gigantic right leg one tiny left leg and a medium-sized head on a medium-sized body. It's very, I mean, look, I I, I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> you just, like to, to get the different stuff, you just have to keep clicking and it's like randomized. So the, the first thing you land on, name. you're just like, oh yeah, I could I could work with that. Squats, the but name, only on one Prego, side. Jeff, Kai, the Hedgehog. Those are also randomized. So good. This is still available to download. It's up, you can, you can play it. It all still works and it's, uh, it's well worth an hour or two of your time. 100%. Because every. I've gone back it, to Anthony. The games too, are also good. very short, other than the. I think the movie game is the longest, mm-hmm. but <laughs> everything else is like five minutes. And Anthony's, the angle on yours is so wild. Is that yeah. the nose that's coming out of the middle, or is it like. Now, the angle isn't wild as much as my head is gigantic. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's correct. <laughs> oh. It's the same angle. It's just my head is eight times the size of a regular head. So it's not a depth of field thing. It's just... No, no, no. Okay, got it. Excellent. No. That answers all of my questions. Great. Um, Speaking of weirdly proportioned characters on the internet... Yo! (laughs) She did it! Oh, that's a hell of a transition. Let's go! One time on the internet, the digital world discovered the once upon a time of fairy tale creating the first figure of digital folklore. This villainous figure, first revealed in doctored images, went on to appear in endless fan fiction, deviant art, and even mainstream films and games. And this is the story of Slenderman. (laughs) I do love a Slenderman. Basically, basically we let you guys start um, so that we could go uh, in Harry's honor into some very dark places since he's not here. Um, Every generation has horror stories. And I think that these are some of the ones that we're going to attribute to the internet generation Mm -hmm. that started here. It was influenced by both the world around us. It, It took place in just a photograph that somebody had edited. Uh, Slenderman was said to have roamed around old buildings, said to prey on children, said to be found in the woods or to appear on playgrounds, uh, and generally kind of your traditional boogeyman that was supposed to be a meme. (laughs) (laughs) And then he wasn't. (laughs) Unlike most creatures of folktale, we actually do know where Slenderman comes from, thanks to the, the the history of the internet existing in findable form forever and ever, amen. Um, he was born in early June of 2009 on a something awful internet forum that was frequented by Photoshop pranksters, quote unquote. And this thread in particular was a contest in which users were challenged to create paranormal images. So Eric Knudsen, who used the pseudonym Victor Surge, posted a pair of black and white images that showed groups of children with a tall, 
thin, suit-wearing, faceless figure lurking in the background. And he was the first person on this thread to use captions with his photo submissions. So the caption that went with this first photo is, we didn't want to go, we didn't want to kill them, but it's persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. Do one of you guys want to describe our Slenderman picture for the listeners? Oh yeah, would you? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Anthony, do you want to do it or I can do it if you don't? Uh, yeah, sure. So I I, I remember this one. Uh, this is uh, a picture of a group of kids uh, kind of walking in black and white. It's an old YouTube video player, like the original version of YouTube's video player. And oh, that's our fault. That's oh, that's frame, just yeah. our cool frame. Oh. That's just fashion. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was like, I remember this. Okay. Uh, this it, it's kids in black and white, like kind of walking concerned. Like they're all very concerned. And just right there in the background is like a tall, fuzzy, hard to make out sort of figure with them. And it's not clear whether they are running from the figure or whether the figure is running with them, but they are terribly distressed, all of them. (laughs) I think that the subtlety did a lot for these photos Mm -hmm. initially because it's not like blatantly there's something there. It's one of those internet photos that you have to like, if you look hard enough, you'll see it. Mm -hmm. Well, he was a genius because the photos that actually show something that's weird never show it perfectly. It's never that mm-hmm. center frame, perfectly clear snapshot of the weird thing. It's always like, is that, I don't know, the Loch Ness monster? No, yeah. it's a stick. Because like, you're not taking a clear picture forever. of this thing. You're taking a picture of right. something else and you happen to catch this thing, right? right. Like that's also, what it's supposed to be. It's also very clear that this is like some sort of archival photograph that's been like, that started with, like there's like an authenticity to the picture because it is clearly like a photograph that someone took of some kids. Uh, like a while back, which lends this like a really weird air because I don't know, the past is a scary place. <laughs> the past Old photos is- of children are always terrifying. Children are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Harry's not here, so we can say that. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only oh, that's so true. <laughs> I think so the- s- yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to I was going to make fun of children, but that's okay. <laughs> there's tons of time. It's okay, to there's another photo of children. I'm going to set you up again. Yeah. So the second photo that he posted, uh, he included the caption, "One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformity cited as film defects by officials." Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986 photographer Mary Thomas missing since June 13th, 1986. This is the one I remember seeing first. Me too. I remember Mm -hmm. seeing this one and I remember the description. Now I was, I was on something awful. Like I used to go, I used to, I was, I was not an active goon, but I was, I would lurk there. And I remember this contest, and I remember Slender Man coming out of this contest, and this is the image that stuck with me the most. See, I had such a different experience with it because I was pretty young mm-hmm. in 2009. So 
I was the age of kids that were on the internet, but it circulated amongst my friends as, this is real, yes. oh my God, did you see this? So it circulated totally differently because like, we weren't thinking about people Photoshopping things necessarily. We weren't thinking about this blog that has a, had a Photoshop contest. This was just something that was like, did you hear about the Slender Man? And it, and it, that was it. It was a folktale immediately. By the time it was um, presented to me, Slender Man was lurking in the woods. There was no yes. argument. Those were the mm. rules. Exactly. <laughs> right. It was 100% believed. And this predates the creepypasta that came after. Mm -hmm. The, the creepypasta itself was posted uh, on January 14th, 2010 to like expand upon the story. It was not by the person who had doctored the photos, but at this point, everyone wanted a piece of the, the spooky skinny thing in the back of these photos. And there was so much lore to be built around it. Um, and all of that lore was based on mostly these two photographs. Somebody that would lurk and lure in children at playgrounds or in the woods um, and entice them. A lot of uh, extra doctored photos popped up of him like holding hands with children in the woods. You know, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> For the podcast listeners, Anthony has decided to change his Zoom background to the Slender Man. Thank you. <laughs> that was quick. I'm impressed. Uh, I find this particularly interesting because it 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 spread so quickly, and it and it was mm -hmm. and it was removed from something awful so quickly because uh, they are such striking images and. It was weird because I remember being around for this sort of thing twice. Number one was I was I lived in Central Florida when the Blair Witch Project came out. Yes, this is part Jesus. of that genre of like captured footage terror. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remember when the Blair Witch Project came out, it it went around, and I was just like, no, these kids went to they went to like UCF or something. Like I know where they're like, I know what school they went to. Like I know what college they went to, mm -hmm. um, but. I think this and Slenderman are such an example of we love horror stories so much and we would rather not look up the origin of them. Like it would have been so easy for people Absolutely. to walk out of the Blair Witch and be like, oh, that was fake. Like I know it was fake because they were giving interviews and stuff. No, people didn't want to know that. They wanted the Blair Witch to be real. They want Slenderman to be real or at least questionable. I still do that. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. I love the suspension of disbelief. It's it's to me, and it's like, I'm a big lurker of, and, and have been for most of my internet life on r slash no sleep. Mm -hmm. And the rules of r slash no sleep when you enter are you take everything as fact. We do not debunk. If you want to theorize in the comments, you theorize as if this is someone's true story. And it makes stories a lot more rich and interesting. Uh, in the creepypasta, it's described as Slender Man is a being male in appearance who looks like a man with extremely long slender arms and legs. He also appears to have four to eight long black tendrils that protrude from his back. Through different photographs, enthusiasts disagree on this fact. Therefore, it is theorized that he can contract these ten or contract these tentacles. Um, he's described as wearing a black suit, strikingly similar to uh, the visage of the notorious Men in Black. Um, and the name suggests that he would be able to stretch his limbs and torso in, in human lengths in order to induce fear uh, and ensnare his prey. So he's also a stretchy stretch man. <laughs> and even though Victor Surge, as his pseudonym was, didn't participate in the creation of the the rest of the lore, the creepypasta, um, he did say that he was inspired by the 1979 horror film Phantasm, 
uh, which has the creature, the tall man. And Mm -hmm. he was inspired by H.P. Lovecraft, which, you know, is just tentacles galore. So this figure sits in that perfect place in horror. Like we have Romanian fairy tales with a tall man. We have English stories of the tree man. And so it kind of participates in this centuries old storytelling rather than just as if it were in the life of the internet alone. Um, Yeah. I pulled another doctored image. (laughs) Ooh. This one may be my fave. So, yes. Quote, the earliest argued reference to the legend is within the cave paintings found in the Serra de Capivara National Park in the northeast of Brazil, which are believed to date as far back as 9000 BC. Um, Slenderman and cave paintings. Oh, I've never <laughs> seen this one. I mean, and you know, it's pretty vague, but you can see um, on the left side mm-hmm. of the image, there's definitely like a creature with tendrils. Like coming up out of that it. It was clearly photoshopped. Yeah, once like, you get yeah, to well, it was photoshopped well. Yeah. Once you get to cave paintings is when I start going like less believable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's sort of the ancient the ancient origin of the horror. That's when I when I start being like, mm, I don't know. But I love but it. For a lot so of the internet, much. it didn't have that effect. Mm-hmm. No, I it's great. It. A lot oh. of the internet was validated by that. They were like, yes, of course. And like maybe they have in passing or in their lifetime heard these other stories that are these like folklore pieces of information that they've collected. And they're like, oh, I bet that was the same thing. I bet they were all seeing the same thing, right? All of the different tellings of any kind of like Mothman and and those characters. Yeah, that's just where my suspension of disbelief gets stretched a little bit. Is cave paintings, for whatever reason, cave paintings are where (laughs) my brain goes, ah. (laughs) <laughs> he was designed to mirror Mothman again by mm-hmm. our original poster of the photographs. And it really does help that he imitates like that fascination with skeletons. Like we have the long lanky figures on cave paintings mm-hmm. for as long as people have been able to draw. We've made stick figures and we have a lot of medieval art. That's just like skeletons fighting with knights. So the people who want this to be real can be like, oh no, Slender Man's definitely real because look at this image that's vaguely a man that is slender. (laughs) And just kind of use it forever. And there's so many of these. Like, this is totally off topic and not something we planned on, I planned on talking about. But like, when I was a kid, my sister had her own like folk tale that she used to tell me. My sister's 10 years older than me and her favorite hobby was tormenting me. So... Uh, she used to say that there was the good smelling man and that was somebody that would uh, lurk under cars in our neighborhood. I'm sorry. Because we lived close to a strawberry grove and when the wind would pick up, you would smell strawberries. And when asking, what is that? Because I don't understand why when the wind picks up, it smells like strawberries in our neighborhood. She'd go, oh, it's the good smelling man. And he was described rather similarly to Slender Man. And this would have been I mean, probably the year 2000. So this well predates it, but it was this long slinky man that lurked under the cars and would pull you under it when the wind picks up and you can smell it. The first thing wow, that I thought your of- your sister just had you. Yeah. yeah. Just, that's also yeah. legitimately, <laughs> that's also legitimately <laughs> pretty scary. Yeah. It's like a concept. Yeah. That's a good, like your sister <laughs> right. did a good job. I mean, yeah, I was five in the year oh. 2000. So- oh. Like, keep that in mind. But, like, honestly, as a 25-year-old now, sometimes if it is, like, 
a little late and I am walking past a car, I definitely do have a moment of like, mm. take a quick, well, I mean, <laughs> take a quick sniff for fresh strawberries. Make sure you're safe. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just that, like, the image of someone pulling you under a car is horrifying. Mm-hmm. I do feel like part of the, like, the scariness of Slenderman, Slenderman and all of these other, like, things that lurk are, it's just like, it's like a fear of darkness because you yeah, just don't yeah. know what's in there and you don't know whether what's in there wants to hurt you. Uh, and it's almost scary if it doesn't. Yeah. It's, then, you know. And it's also this, this funhouse mirror version of normalcy, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is a normal suit. You know, it is the most nondescript thing that a that a man can wear is this normal suit, and like, he's just tall. He's just tall and weird. He's it's just like, tall, and his face has no yeah, features. The first thing I thought of when 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 I saw Slenderman was uh, that there's a Stephen King short story called The Library Police, and it's like I think the Library Police inspired our OG creator. That was talked about in a few articles. Hey, oh, there you go. <laughs> There you go. But it's it's this story about these posters that are on the library walls. And it's like the library police will like come and get you if you don't like return your book on time, you know, stuff like that. And the monster in the story is this tall library policeman who like sucks the joy out of children. <laughs> it's like- so there's this book and it's called Folklore, Horror Stories and the Slenderman, the Development of an Internet Mythology. And it's by S. Chess and E. Newsom. And it is a wonderful book and it really goes into detail about why the slender man was created and why the key lasted longer than just being a brief internet meme um and it says quote the slender man is a product of the internet and digital technologies this horror often reflects the anxieties of a digital age in which we can see slender man as an analog character in a digital world and that goes on to talk about the way that Slenderman represents the fear of surveillance because he's always there. In the stories, he's always just right out of your sight lines or he's always just hidden in the shadows while the kids are playing in safety. And the Slenderman also kind of morphs to take on this idea that's older than surveillance. It's the idea that nature is scary. And this book goes into really, really great detail about the fact that Slenderman is kind of a modern fairy. Uh, It's otherworldly. It's vaguely humanoid, but its appearance isn't set in stone. It's mysterious. It can come and go at will. It spends time in liminal spaces. And it absolutely steals children. And those stories are so... They're just so intensely human. I don't know why we always attach scary creatures to children. So I, I do want to copy and paste that entire quote and make it my Twitter bio. <laughs> why not? <laughs> just do like it. exists in liminal spaces, comes and goes as they please, yeah. and will absolutely snatch children. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe leave the last part out, but... Oh. No, that's fine. I'll take that yeah. note. <laughs> it's you know there are just, no wrong answers in brainstorming, but if I, we I, can, just, I just want to. If you're like on Twitter and I mean like how much harassment do you want from right wingers like the Q people? How, I'm sorry, really how much more harassment do you want? Thank you. I yes, was like, oh, yes. you haven't seen my mentions. <laughs> yes, there we go. I said a bad thing about the Snyder cut. <laughs> oh, fun! Oh, wow. I'm already in trouble. There's another kind of fear element that's built into Slenderman that I think will seg into Sage's awesome information about the fan content. And that's that Slenderman is very much tied to maleness and patriarchy and 
work and like capitalism imagery. So we've got this this male figure who's wearing a suit and he often has a fedora and sometimes he'll even have a briefcase and his his tentacles can hide and then he's just a man standing there usually with his hands like neatly folded. And very often in these stories, Slenderman will specifically steal young female children. And sometimes the children will go live with Slenderman in his little slender world. And I don't, I don't know how to put my finger on the horror of Daddy Slenderman. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, please, the internet please try. loves Daddy Slenderman. Please try right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little more about Daddy God, Slenderman. Oh. We'll get into like we'll get into the like mainstream portions of Slenderman content, but like. What we talk about on this show is 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 the depths of the internet and what the fans make of it. And there is a massive culture around Slenderman being this kind of like daddy creature. And it ranges from him being like this strong, scary, like, buddy's good to me, you know. <laughs> it's the dangerous thing that's been created for a lot of women because men are terrifying of like uh, putting the, the greatest danger right there and being like, Ah, but he loves me, so he doesn't murder me. Yike. It goes from that to completely domesticated Slender Man. Hmm. Like, when I say domesticated <laughs> Slender Man, I mean Go the in. amount of images that we have of Slender Man in various situations. Like, I'm going to show an image right now. This is just one of Slender Man bending down at the waist and handing a flower to a small child. That's a Banksy. Look That's at worth that. millions. <laughs> Look at that sweet boy Slenderman. NFT there that. Was also <laughs> there was also an image of Slenderman wearing two oven mitts and holding a tray of cookies and an apron that I enjoyed very much. Oh, but Sage, you got to tell us about Slenderman being married to Karen, that TV series that you sent me on YouTube. Oh, yes. So there are two full seasons of an animated series on YouTube called Sad Slenderman. Two full seasons of it, okay? Uh, you can find them in compilations of episodes or individually. It is by the YouTube channel Ghost Toast Animation. Uh, the first episode has over 26 million views on YouTube. And as the name would describe, it takes a sympathetic perspective to Slender Man. And it shows Slender Man being a single father raising a child. Uh, clearly, the mother is gone. There are photos all over the house. Her name they have is moments Karen. Her name is Karen, his his presumably dead wife. Uh, and there are like moments where the daughter is staring at the family photo of Slenderman, Karen, and small Karen child, uh, and him just kind of coming out to soothe and comfort his child, sending her on the bus to school and awaiting her to get home. Uh, and it is a wildly popular series, and it really is just sympathetic Slenderman tales. Yeah, I think I think that's so fascinating that eventually when when no matter how no matter how vilified or scary something is, there's always this this movement that rises up to kind of like like depower it or sympathize with it. Hmm. And I think yes. that's very I think that's very fascinating. You know where it's like it reminds me, there's this Mr. Show sketch that's about, like, <laughs> as reparations for World War II, everybody gets a Hitler clone to do their work for them around the house. 
And then as you go further and further into the episode, it's a recurring sketch where it's like, oh, you people, you can't mistreat the Hitler clones like this. They're doing your work for you. And it becomes this weird thing where it ends with like a sad Hitler, Hitler clone singing a song about being in love. And there's something about that that is so strange to me, but it happens across like all of these segments where it's like, oh, it's a monster, but let's let's show the monster having to deal with getting like getting its license renewed at the DMV. You know what I mean? Like there's right. always stuff yeah. like that. And I always love it. And I wonder where it's a control and a normalization of of something you're afraid of. Also, for some reason, you saying sad Hitler reminded me that if you play Stairway to Heaven backwards, it does repeatedly say sad Satan. i do love the slender man of the internet though like i'm very Mm -hmm. okay with people making their own little stories about sad boy slender man and him fictionally murdering children in fictional stories get you a slender man that can do both Right. (laughs) Daddy slender man by day murder slender man by night yeah Exactly. And like, you know, people have a unique obsession in particular with like, again, these these lanky skinny boys. We're looking at you, Alex Ward. Um, and just the like infantilization of it as well, which is very weird of like, oh, we all have to take care of Slenderman. Our sweet boy Slenderman. We all must show our sadness and appreciation for Slenderman. Plus um, but- tentacles and the internet loves tentacles. And that's fair. Not just the internet. That was that. That actually, that's, that's pretty, like that's pretty woodblock prints. Yeah. That's that's pretty. It's pretty old. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't consider that the tentacles might be part of it, and that would that would make sense. Not for everyone, but yeah, once it's again, probably partially. But once that. again, yeah. we don't yuck anybody's yum here. No, certainly not. Um, so there is a bunch of that content. There are entire YouTube series. There are Pinterest boards. There are Tumblr fan blogs. There are even Roblox and Minecraft servers dedicated to. Slenderman roleplay, some being the horror side of it and trying to recreate horror games in uh, Roblox or Minecraft, and some just roleplaying like they're married to Slenderman or they are just cohabitating and existing with <sighs> Slenderman, um, which is honestly oddly sweet. I love it so like, much. As I was scrolling through it, very little of it was like very sexual when I was looking right. at like the Slenderman. I'm sure there's a bunch of sexy I'm gonna, Slenderman fanfic. I'm on it. But a lot of it was like weirdly wholesome. I think part of it is that he doesn't have a face. So Slenderman mm. is faceless and it looks like he's often drawn to look like he has a cloth over his face, but he just his face does not exist. So you can put any face on Slenderman that so you want. That's so true. I as a woman could fantasize that Slenderman will never call me a bitch cuz he doesn't have a mouth. I found um, I found a good sexy Slendy. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> but the majority of the content that I came across, look, it exists and we know it. But mm, a deviant the majority link. of the wow. content that came up was rather wholesome. So I need you guys to stop pulling sexy Slenderman pictures because I'm about to pivot to murder Slenderman. Okay, really quickly, a last couple things of like oh. the media that surrounded it. Sorry, before no, we no, get no, murder, we do cool want to end on murder. Before we get dark, yeah, 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 yeah. Because like we, there's nowhere to go for murder. Um, of course, there is Slenderman in the Eight Pages, which was a massive horror game that blew up by it. That is also a piece of fan work. It was a huge game for the horror genre, but is still just a, f- a fan tribute to a creepy pasta, essentially. 
Um, that had a follow-up that was just called like The Slender Man, free to play games. And it's essentially um, collecting pieces of uh, paper that are clues until Slender Man inevitably does a Slender Man and murders you. There are um, fan films all over the internet. There are tons of works of horror attributed to it. But the thing I find the most interesting that the internet keeps doing is still trying to convince us that Slender Man <laughs> is real. There is so much content to this day and a video uploaded in 2020 was titled um, Slender Man Real Dash Cam Footage. And it was a compilation of real dash cam footage uh, that Slender Man came up and attacked. So people to this day, regardless of how much information there is, how easy it is to disprove, how simple it is to track back the origin, are still absolutely locked onto the idea of trying to convince somebody that Slender Man is real. And the comments, and I'm not sure if this is the no sleep effect or just people genuinely buying into it, but there's a lot of the comments being like, I had this experience and I saw this once and people really gathering to converse and theorize about Slenderman as a real boogeyman, as your Mothman, Chupacabra, you know, Loch Ness monster kind of creation of the internet. Well, that's the, the beauty of folklore, right? You know, the more people try to tell you it's fake, the more you dig your heels in. Naturally, as humans, that that just happens, but also like it, the fact that it, you cannot prove that it doesn't exist allows people to go, well, you you can't prove that it does exist. Mm -hmm. It's just this constant battle. And people can say, you know, this was created uh, fictional content. I don't believe this content, but you know that it does exist or else people wouldn't be creating the content in the first place. Right. And one of the dangerous areas of convincing people that it is real, uh, Rowan has some information on. I talk about murder now? Oh, before yeah, it gets I real dark, shout out to Marble Hornets. If you haven't seen it, it's one of the best Slender Man things that's ever Ooh. in existence. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting one. That's best quality content. Actually, also that dash cam one, I was sitting there and I was like, so maybe Slender Man is real. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, right? Uh, man, I, I found a few uh, Slender Man sexy fanfics. Just wanted to update you all on that. Drop them Thank in you. the group yeah. chat. Feel free to drop them in the group chat or drop them in the Twitch chat. Uh, I won't do either of those things, but I did learn <laughs> what a lemon was in fanfiction. Oh, no, 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 Bijan. Yeah. Back away. Back away, buddy. Yeah. I that's I yep, that, get out do you now. see do you see how quickly I just I closed that tab. We're good no, now. No no no. Yep, for the best. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's murder time. So I'm gonna talk about real people killing other real people now. Or at least trying to. So <laughs> Sage and I are covering a fandom where the fans decided that the best way to support the thing that they're fans of is to try to kill people. I don't know. On May 31st in 2014, in Waukesha, Wisconsin, there were two 12-year-old girls, Anissa Weir and Morgan Geyser. And they lured their friend, Peyton Lautner, into the woods and stabbed her 19 times in an attempt to become proxies of the fictional character Slenderman. Uh, the attack itself took place in David's Park, apparently during a game of hide-and-seek, which truly sounds right out of a horror movie. Um, they pinned this young girl down and they stabbed her in the arms and the legs and the torso with a kitchen knife that was five inches long. Um, two of the wounds were in major organs. One missed a major artery by her heart by less than a millimeter. Um, and another went through her diaphragm. Uh, 
cutting into her liver and stomach. So basically, this young girl who was horribly attacked was able to drag herself to a nearby road where she was found by a cyclist. And the cyclist called 911 and she was in the hospital for six days and she lived. I just want to say right now, yeah, we'll get to the point where we say she's okay. I mean, got to be a lot of naturally a lot of therapy and a lot of long, long, forever long recovery process, but she's okay. On the other hand, Weir and Geyser were apprehended near Interstate 94, near a furniture store. They had walked almost five miles. The knife that they used in the stabbing was in a bag that they carried. Apparently, Geyser felt no empathy and Weir was described as feeling guilty, but she felt that she needed to perform this attack to appease Slenderman. Uh, and this crime was the inspiration for the 2016 documentary, Beware the Slenderman. If I'm correct, it's currently available on HBO. Um, so following this crime, they were eventually tried as adults on the grounds that they had planned this murder. In their notebooks, there was information about Slenderman. They, they claimed to believe that Quote, if they sacrifice someone to the Slender Man, the character would spare the girl's family's lives and invite the pair to live in his Slender Mansion. Geyser was the first of the girls to be declared incompetent to stand trial. Um, She was diagnosed with childhood onset schizophrenia. And one of the main reasons that happened is because she claimed to have mind control powers. And additionally, she said that she spoke to several fictional characters, including Voldemort from the Harry Potter series, who interestingly also kind of resembles Slender Man. Um, eventually, they were tried, put in jail. They, they got their comeuppance. <laughs> now... Two, two things I feel like I really just need to I need to mention here. No, yeah. Number one, Slender Man's Slender Mansion is yeah. like we like it's not appropriate right now, but I think we all noticed it, and I think we just want to stick a pin in that. Uh, number two, yep. I was I was getting in there on in yeah. Chat. Number two, yep. we're, we're on the same page. I I remember reading this story, and I could not figure out whether they both actually believe this or whether it was a thing that they were doing for their defense. So the background that you just gave me about about the girls makes it make a little more sense to me. But, mm-hmm. I mean, a little more sense in terms of, you know, this is somebody who obviously was was ha- mentally unstable and, and was seeing and hearing things that weren't there. But, um, well, but it's interesting. They were found guilty, quote, by mental disease or defect, and they were committed to mental health institutions for sentences of 25 and 65 years. So, um, sorry, Anissa Weir got 25 years, and Morgan Geyser, who was diagnosed with childhood onset schizophrenia, got 65 years. Jesus Christ. my understanding of the trial is that kind of a lot of the blame got put on this girl who they could more easily diagnose. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of it was said that essentially she was a little more of the mastermind behind the plan and the other was kind of going along with it. Yikes, though. Like, but yikes, though, for that, that, like, taking somebody who is who is mentally unwell and making them the scapegoat and giving them a, a sentence that's three times longer. 
Yeah, that's that's mm. the whole situation yeah. is big yikes. Like, yeah, um, Tharpy in chat said, on one hand, they were 12. And on the other hand, I did a lot of dumb shit as a 12-year-old, but never murdered someone to be friends with a mythical creature. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 12. There has to be something very, very wrong for something like that to occur. That isn't kids being kids. And that isn't something that, like, also necessarily a kid's going to grow out of either. Like, the ability to do that at 12 is is a path that doesn't get undone. It's, it's also just a, a real highlight to me of of the American justice system and um, with sexual crimes, somebody is a dumb idiot until they're 35 and you gotta let it go. And then with violent crimes, when somebody is 12, they're an adult and throw away the key. You know what I mean? I mean like that's we can't, awful. We can't. We can't ignore the racialized dimension of the American justice system. Which is the other yeah, thing. that's true. Uh, oh, yeah, we should we should specify that these were two white girls, and so yeah. they got white yeah. girl justice, which meant I'm pretty they got sure... to go to a mental health institution. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As opposed to just rotting in a prison. And um, the the trial getting them to the point where they were tried as adults, it took at least two years. I I can't remember if it took a little bit longer, but that wasn't quick. They someone didn't just throw the book at them. They they got they got white girl justice, frankly. And they, that young girl didn't survive because they wanted her to. Yeah. No. They thought that they had uh, successfully sacrificed this child to the Slender Man. And, and I agree with Anthony. I remember when I heard this as well being like, maybe that's just an excuse. Maybe that's something that they had just heard about recently on the internet. And they were like, I don't know. We did, wanted to do something terrible. And we, it was for Slender Man. Like... The Slender Mansion thing is so absurd to me, too, because, like, a lot of this thing that they were saying isn't even, like, the rhetoric around Slender Man, necessarily. Like, there are definitely things of, like, being taken away by the Slender Man, but, like, it does feel like you've kind of very much uh, started worshipping your yeah, own version well, this is of the, it, this no is doubt. This is clearly a, a, a personalized sort of thing that, that they both believed was happening to them. Because, because it's yeah. not connected to a lot of the a lot of the lore. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, there's unfortunately no like good ribbon or button to close up a story like this. Slenderman has uh, a, a rich internet history that is fascinating to talk about. Um, but where, you know, I, I'm curious how many people have how many stories that could be compared to it of people that are like, I did it for the Loch Ness Monster. Like, you don't see things yeah. like ha that happening. What is the difference? What about Slenderman? Is it the, romanticiz the romanticizing that we've done of Slenderman to some extent that can create that, like, Tumblr-style fan obsession? Yeah, I think it's... To build almost a culture I think it's like it. we were talking about. There's this, there's this modern believability to it because it's doctored photos and and dash cam videos and something like that. It's it's a bit, I think it's a bit more believable for somebody than an old, that one old photo of the Loch Ness Monster that we have. You know what I mean? There's a, mm -hmm. it's easier to believe for a more media savvy generation, I think. Yeah. I'm also, it, it really reminds me of um, like serial killer fans, like the, these people who are like mm. sort of in love with these uh, dudes who killed a bunch of people rotting in jail. And it's like, there is the same kind of like, it's like a very similar kind of um, romanticization and uh, normalization and also just like, like adoration, I want to say. Like that's a bunch of nouns, but um, 
it's the same sort of thing that these, you know, these people seem to be feeling for Slenderman. Um, and uh, as somebody pointed out in chat, uh, people have sacrificed others to gods, which is like, a, I think, a, another interesting point. Like there's there's like a confluence here between, you know, um, like all of these different sort of very human urges, honestly. And yeah, you you make a good point. And so does chat. Slenderman has sort of taken on this quality of like the the gods of smaller domains from mm-hmm. pantheons that we are less familiar with. Um, the, the thing about Slenderman and it, the way that people talk about him reminds me so much of the satanic panic, which is not to say that these crimes weren't committed. There are in fact multiple crimes uh, attributed mm-hmm. to Slenderman, but then on top of it, the news is just so mm-hmm. it's sensationalized that it, it's it like problems from moment one and they just don't ever stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember the news story. I mean, it's very interesting because this is a time on the internet that I can remember every step of and the progression and and chaos surrounding it from the release of these Slender Man photos and the belief of it to the, oh, it's just a meme, it's just a doctored photo to the crime and, and the trial around it. Um, and that's something that, like, it's a first generation of the internet thing to figure out of how we keep people safe in, in these, um, in this fiction, you know? Mm-hmm. How do we separate that out? And at what point do we remember to stop believing everything we read on the internet? And I think it's taken us a while, but I think we're just now getting to the point where Gen Z, the good generation of kids, don't grow up thinking that everything on the internet they yeah. read is real. I also think, I, I mean, I, I will say, I, I think the co- countervailing force here is like the sort of reflexive contrarianism of the internet, where like mm-hmm. like people will like you know, adore these sorts of figures and stuff on Tumblr and stuff because it's like funny and sort of transgressive mm-hmm. sometimes. And like that, that can be how it starts for a lot of people. You know what I mean? It's like, like you're semi-ironic. I mean, not that you can't have fun online, but like some people also don't quite know where to draw the line. And you don't know if you're one of those people until, you know, maybe something bad happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of it is just the normal adolescent testing of boundaries, right? Like, if right, I exactly. if I say this, who's going to get madder? If I if I do this, does this shock you? Like, I'm figuring out what I can and can't say, and it's fun to do it in this safe. You know, this like like we were saying earlier, like the Sonic thing is like that. Fandoms are like that, where it's like we have this we have these characters, and we have these this lore and these place in it. And we're just we're just kind of like pushing at the boundaries and seeing seeing how far we can go and testing like just the social dynamic. And I think you know. I don't think it doesn't sound like this is a problem of of too many people think Slenderman is real. It just Mm-mm. it's just a problem of this was this was a uh, this was a child a child whose mental and emotional needs were clearly not being met in a in a disastrous way. You know what I mean? Um, it's not so much that it was Slenderman that did it. You know, I don't think we have to worry about Slenderman. Slenderman also feels intensely suburban to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So two of the other crimes. On September 4th, 2014, a 16-year-old girl set her house on fire, potentially because of Slenderman. Um, 
Eddie Daniels of the Pasco Sheriff's Office told ABC News, quote, she had visited the website that contains a lot of the Slender Man information and stories. It would be safe to say there is a connection to that. And again, this is kind of the satanic panic moment for me. Like, I don't necessarily think this girl set the house on fire because she believed in Slender Man. It's just possible that this girl who had some other things was interested in Slender Man stories because... It's a dark story. And if your brain feels dark and you're a teenager, like that's a great place to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And then in June of the same year in Hamilton County, Ohio, a 13 year old allegedly attacked her mother and the mother chose to remain anonymous. But she said, we found things that she had written and she made reference to Slender Man. And all of these crimes, interestingly, uh, are reported by of young women, but they're all so suburban. They're like these these sweet little white families living in suburban America, having horrible things done to them. And then they go, well, my kid was on the internet looking at Slenderman. It's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you're absolutely right. It does 100% remind me of the satanic panic. Like I was on a... Uh, our other host, Harry, who's not here tonight, who we love very much. Harry and I talked about the satanic panic on his channel, and that's exactly how people handled it. They were like, oh, these kids are depressed, and it's because of the Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. and Satan talking to them through the Rock game. Rock music. Um, That'd be right. pretty sick, it's, frankly, if Satan talked to you through D&D. Like, dude, like, I already play D&D like three days a week. I'd play D&D every day if I could talk to Satan through it. That'd be yeah, wild. Imagine, like, Satan that's has... a superpower. Like, less... Cons- like, no concerns other than, like, making dice rolls yeah. happen. Like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, that would make sense how some of us roll on these uh, on the shows on this channel. <laughs> Anyways, that uh, was the story of Slender Man up to where it is now in internet history. I feel like and uh, really did Sonic the Hedgehog and Slender Man. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, a beautiful... Yeah. What are you looking to feel? <laughs> what are you looking to feel tonight? We got you covered. You got a little bit of everything. The range of human feelings. Spicy. Congratulations, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of One Time on the Internet, your travel guide to internet history. We're so glad you decided to spend your evening with us. Uh, it's been a fun one, even though even though we ended on a, on a bummer. You know, Harry's going to be so mad we finally talked about murder and he was gone. He's going to be I happy, actually, I think. Uh, look, all I have to say is, since Harry's not here, we got to shout out the gardeners. We got to shout out the drivers. We got to shout uh-huh. out, you know, people doing the dishes, doing their chores. Yeah. Listening yeah, to the if show. You're, if you're having to clean the grout in your kitchen today and you decided to listen to our podcast during it, thank you. We see you um, getting in there with a toothbrush and working hard. That's because um, we're slender, It's not man. easy. That's yeah, us. We see you. Lurking behind you. Turn your head. We're right there. Don't turn around. I think we nailed it. <laughs> I think we did. Uh, hey, let's go around one more time in the actual order and uh, tell them who you are and what you're up to. Hi, it's me again. Your, your boy, Bijan Steven. Woo. Uh, I uh, uh, stream on Twitch. I uh, play uh, TK on Fun City, the very good narrative play it's podcast. Um, hmm. Anthony was on it. Actually. I was on it. It was a good episode. Yeah, it was a great episode. Um, I also write for The Verge, The Believer, and Nation. Um, and I also do a bunch of other stuff. But I think that's it. Mm-hmm. A talented bean. So many thes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's magazines are like that. I don't know why. <laughs> Fancy boy. Uh, 
Hi, I'm Sage Ryan. I go by Not Sage everywhere on the internet. I am a streamer, host, and TTRPG player. Uh, I am live on my channel every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday for chats and games. Um, I'm on this channel all the time for It's Too Early with Woo. Anthony. If you enjoy internet history, you might enjoy also keeping up on the current pop culture. Uh, and that's where you can find that uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Oh. And uh, I'm also on other places. I'm on the Smosh Games channel. I'm on the D&D YouTube channel for my new show, Black Dice Society. What? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, lots of cool stuff happening right now. Um, thank you for supporting the Pixel Circus channel. We are always, as always we say, uh, entirely independent and um, nobody makes any money for doing this. So uh, thank you for helping us keep the channel functional. We love you. Hi, I'm Anthony Carboni. Uh, I host a bunch of stuff. Uh, currently, you can uh, see me, like Sage said, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on this channel uh, in the morning at the early, early times. I'm here Friday nights for our live play D&D show, Failed Save. Uh, you can find me on my channel at Anthony Carboni. I'm A Carboni everywhere else. And uh, Fridays, I have a science comedy podcast with Jeff Kanata called We Have Concerns that you should check out at wehaveconcerns.com. Mm. Hey, I'm Rowan Hall. I go by the Rowan Hall on the internet. If you're Sage, you may only call me the lovely Rowan Hall. <laughs> um, I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Willing and Fable podcast. We talk about the mystery, history, and mythology that makes the world wild and fascinating. And that's why I keep referencing fairies in, in stories about the internet. So <laughs> follow along with us on Tuesdays if you like history that is pre-internet. Yes, I love it. We've covered all the bases. All the bases. There are two, I think there we are really two have bases: pre-internet and internet, and we've covered them. Can you get a command? Yeah. What do you want on the command? You have a host's command with your with your link. Oh, do I? Yeah. yeah. So we have a, we have a general host's command. If you scroll oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah. No, in. I saw that. But it's but like, like you can have your own. Command. Everyone has their cool your... podcast link, and I was like, I want my podcast. Link. You can have a podcast link. Yeah, of course. Hey, everybody. Uh, We'll get a we'll get a podcast link up next time. <laughs> uh, don't forget to follow all of these lovely beans that make this show possible, uh, and have a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you, friends. Later. See you next time. Bye. Oh, there's no show next week because it's Easter. Gotcha. There's no there's no show next. <laughs> you Sunday. thought we ah. wouldn't. You thought we wouldn't get you. We got gotcha. you. <laughs> we got gotcha. you. No show. Direct. Bye.